Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into take two of episode one of the Get Around Podcast. I am your host, Brennan Queeley, and alongside me are my fellow Traverse City Record Eagle hooligans, Brett Summers, and senior sports writer, the man, the myth, the microbrewer, <laughs> James Cook. How you doing, fellas? Good, how are you, Brennan? I'm doing quite well. Uh, we're off to a much better start than last week, I'd say that. That's, uh, that, that is for sure. The pilot um, episode that you'll never hear. The pilot episode, yes. Uh, we've we've got a we've got a fine show for you this week. Uh, like I said, it's got to be better than last week. Uh, it is the what our first crack at a podcast did not go so well, and uh, it uh, has been destroyed. Hopefully, I know you saved the file, but you should really you should really just destroy it, Brett. Um, <laughs> so, because that will that will never fall upon the ears of our faithful and dear listener. Talking to you, Mom, I'm sure you're the only one out there listening to me right now. Um, so, um, here's what's on tap for episode one of the Get Around podcast. Uh, we're going to be breaking down week one of the high school football season while taking a look at our Traverse City teams, uh, who went 3-0, and uh, as well as some history between Sutton's Bay and Bear Lake, uh, a tough loss for Benzie Central in its opener, and two highlight reel performances from Glen Lake's Cade Peterson and Frankfurt's Griffin Kelly, one of whom will become our first inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Player of the Week. Uh, after that, we'll break down the big-time matchup of Week week 2 as the Gladiators of St. Francis host state runner-up Glen Lake Lakers, uh, and we'll also run down a few other choice games of the week. Um, we're going to, for some reason, and I don't know why, but I decided to put this on the uh, rundown anyway, we'll discuss the mega-signing of Matthew Stafford. Uh, Brett and James break down their fantasy football drafts while I knit silently in the corner and have no idea what they're talking about because I don't play fantasy sports, or at least I don't play them well. Can the quilt that you're making be for one of our fantasy league champions? Yes. In fact, that is a really, really... That's not nice. <laughs> so I'm bad at quilting. I get it. Um... And uh, so we're going to give our take on the Mayweather and McGregor fight, which uh, will lead perfectly into the week's trifecta uh, as we each give our pick for the best boxing-slash-fighting movie. And right off the top, all three of us have already admitted that we haven't seen Raging Bull. So we're just going to say that's the best boxing movie without seeing it, but we're going to give our picks other than Raging Bull, so that that should work out just fine. Um so, but, uh, boys, before we get into all of that, this past weekend was Players Weekend in Major League Baseball, and while some derided the MLB for what they saw as a shameless way to sell more merchandise, a lot of people enjoy the nicknames the players had on the back of their jersey. So, that brings us to our question of the week and how we're going to start off the show every single week here on the Get Around. If you had to pick a nickname for your jersey, what would it be? We're going to go a little XFL here. You want to go, what, he hate me? You can't me? go, he hate me? He okay. hate me's already taken, so we can't do that, so. Uh, I don't I haven't had a whole lot of nicknames. In college, a couple of friends of mine used to call me Snake just because uh, one of the coaches at CMU called me that one time, and it just kind of stuck. James the Snake. And at the time, I was a huge uh, fan of uh, Skate from New York. Oh, Snake Pliskin. Pliskin. Pliskin? Pliskin. Sorry. I've been calling him Snake Pilskin this entire time. Right, you probably have no idea who that is. No. Kurt Russell? Yeah, nah, these are all going over my head. But, yeah, uh, we, are right. little, we are a little bit older than you. <laughs> Not much. So, um, Well, I mean, I already called you the man, the myth, the microbrewer, so, you know, there's a there's a nickname for you. Do I don't think yeah. you could fit that on the back of a, of a jersey, though, unfortunately. 
Yeah, there's already a team called the Brewers, so. Oh, that is true. So <laughs> maybe just micro on the back of yours, and then you play for the Brewers. How's that sound? I get your Brewers jersey, you put that, micro on the back. That worked for a weekend. <laughs> Brett, how about you? Yeah, our actual uh, Brewers fan here. Okay, yeah, so, um, you know, I didn't really have any uh, nicknames growing up either, uh, but... Uh, oh, God, I have so many, this is going to be embarrassing. And some you still go list. by. I, I, oh, yeah. You know, like, I'm known by nicknames to everybody outside of this office, pretty much. But uh, I, I think, it, you know, it's something that I've used as a, a gamer tag in the past, and uh, I guess something like, when, you know, when I was a little kid growing up, I guess a name that my dad would call me occasionally was just Razorback, so that's kind of what I've gone with. A lot of people think that I'm, like, calling to some fandom for Arkansas or something like that, but it has nothing to do with that, and I guess that's what I'd go with. Did he just, your dad sees you as, like, a warthog or something? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what a Razorback is? Isn't a Razorback, like, a type of warthog or... Yeah, I, you know, I don't hog, I don't yeah. know where it came from, uh, from him. I, I never asked him, and it wasn't something that he called me, like, you know, when I was going through high school or anything like that. It was just, like, a, I don't know, a nickname when I was little, so... I tell you, uh, I, I, that's a winner. Right there. So Razorback's <laughs> what I'm going with. Razorback. I, sti- right. I stylize the lettering a little bit, though. I don't spell it out like the Arkansas Razorbacks. It would just be R-A-Z-R-B-A-K. Why not, like, how did they, what was the, the Razor flip phones? Why not let that spelling? Isn't that just R-Z- R-Z-R? R-Z-R? Yeah, well, right? probably, probably because my nickname and maybe my gamer tag, I can't quite remember, may predate the Razor flip phone. Oh, oh. So, so they named the phone after you. So you know, I'm not saying. I'm not that young either, so, Brendan. <laughs> so what we're saying is that your dad called you Razorback. Someone heard that and went, "We're going to call the flip phone the Razor, and it's going to have a back that flips <laughs> back and forth." Right? That sure, we can go with that. All right. So, well, I have uh, a myriad uh, choices to to pick from. Uh, let's see. The inappropriate ones, we're gonna, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna bring this one to the podcast. Uh, when I was younger, and still to this day, my dad called me Bone, but he also used to call me Boner. And the reason is that when I was an infant, I used to get, um, well, I mean, I guess you guys can kind of figure that one out. What we're talking about is that as a baby, sometimes what I've been told is that uh, that happens. Is that babies sometimes do it? And apparently, uh, every time that I was given a bath, that happened to me, and so my dad nicknamed me Boner. I'm not picking that one to put on the back of my jersey, however. Um, let's see. I go, uh, I go by Bebop uh, to a good portion of my family, and of course, I'm known best uh, throughout most of my family uh, as Bobo. And the reason that I'm called Bobo is that my uh, my nephew Henry, uh, when I was over there babysitting him one day, so my sister could you know get a nap or for a couple hours and, and take a shower, I was kind of holding him and uh, I was all, I always uh, sang uh, "Swinging on a Star." You guys know that one? Just kind of put him to sleep. Sure. I'll play it in the background while we're while we're talking about all this. Right. Um, but <laughs> so I was singing that to him, and but I what I would do is because I wanted p- to be known as Unky Bebop, like that's the cool name, like Unky Bebop. I wanted my nephews to call me Unky Bebop, and so I would always like just be saying Bebop, 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 you know, hoping that he would kind of catch on to that and uh, his first word was he looked up at me and his first word ever spoken was Bobo and that's when he looked at me 
and he said Bobo, and I went, I'm Bobo for the rest of my life. And uh, so that also is not going to be the one on the back of my jersey, because <laughs> <laughs> the one here, I'm going to go with Bren Jondon. It is a combination of my, uh, my name and my older brother's name. Uh, my older brother is uh, John Michael. And so when my dad would get upset with us, you know, if my dad or my brother and I were like screwing around upstairs, uh, you know, you know, breaking stuff or getting into trouble, uh, he would also see, he'd yell, Brendan Patrick or John Michael. And one time he tried to, he got a little bit ahead of himself and couldn't get it out and said, Brendan Johnden. And so from that point on, it's been a, uh, it's been a running joke. So Bren Johnden is going to be mine. That's the one that I'm going with. <laughs> Solid. So nice. Uh, we want to hear from you guys out there. Uh, I'm sure if you followed the MLB at all this weekend, uh, or you know the leaks or the weeks leading up uh, to the players' weekend, I'm sure you were thinking about the uh, nicknames that you'd want on the back of your jerseys. Uh, go ahead and uh, tweet at us. Uh, our handle is at TCRE Sports. Uh, tweet us there. You could also find us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Uh, what is it? Backslash TCRE Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, let us know what your nicknames are, and uh, maybe we'll share some of them next week if they are appropriate. Because you can't be talking <laughs> about like uh, baby boners on this podcast. It's just you can't you can't be doing it, guys. All right. Only Brendan's allowed. Only Bren Johnden can talk about boners. All right. Uh, moving on, guys, to our week one over and under reactions. We're taking a look at some of the games from week one. Uh, pretty exciting first two days, I would say. Um, I certainly learned uh, a lot about West, watching them uh, handle the chemics of Midland. Uh, you know, you got to uh, you got to see Central, and what you said was, I still don't understand. Explain to me again how a thirty-eight to nothing win is sloppy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seven penalties, four turnovers. Um, even you know some of the scoring drives Central had were more uh, benefits of uh, good field position. Their their first touchdown, um, they went negative three yard run, incomplete pass, and then a thirty eight yard touchdown. That was an incredible catch by Dylan Liggett. Um, so you know it was just they were clearly the better team. They just they have a lot of a lot of stuff to figure out. And like Coach Eric Sugar said after the game. Yeah, they're going to play a lot better teams uh, further on down the schedule, and if they don't improve in a lot of those areas, those are going to be tough games to win. They certainly won't be 38 to nothing on the scoreboard. Yeah. So you're saying it should have been 58 to nothing. It could have been. I mean, yeah, Central was, I think, the only time that Bay City Western crossed midfield was when Central muffed a punt. And then Bay City Western recovered it, and... I don't think they gained five yards on that possession. So the the central defense was great, was outstanding, but the offense was a lot, a lot of work to do. It was BC Dub just bad. They just they couldn't get any traction doing anything. I mean, I think Central's defense is good. I yeah. I want to see uh, you know a couple more performances before I can really grade out maybe what they'll be toward the end of the year. But it was definitely a promising first showing for that group. All right, so uh, your over or under reaction for that game, uh, what do you got? All right, so I'll I'll uh, pose the question to you for you guys first before I go ahead and make my answer. But the first two seasons under Eric Sugars, uh, the Trojans have won nine games each season. 
over or under reaction that Traverse City Central will win nine games for a third straight year? All right, so uh, what, their first year they went 11 and... No, they went 9-0, and undefeated in the regular season. In the regular season. Before they uh, faced a really good Muskegon team uh, in the mm-hmm. playoffs. And then uh, last year they went 8-1 and in the regular season, uh, losing in triple overtime to Brother Rice on the road, uh, and then beat West in the playoffs before losing to Lowell in the second round. Right. So... Uh, nine and one, uh, Sugar's first year leading the team. Nine and two last year. So you're saying they're going to get nine wins? Well, that's my that's my question. Is that an over or underreaction? Well, I think it's a bit of an overreaction to to start off. You see one team and you call them sloppy, and you're already like, you know what? No, that that sloppy team. It's gonna it's gonna they're gonna win nine games. That's so. Uh, on your part, yeah, I'd say it's a bit of a of an overreaction. I don't know if it's a reach. Uh, you know. Um, Sugars has been uh, quite successful in his first two years, as you've mentioned, um, and he seems to have the uh, you know good program in place there where these players are coming up and uh, and following suit. Uh, a lot of it, I think, is going to rest on uh, what Tobin Schwanke can do at quarterback. Uh, he's going to have to uh, be a big weapon for them, and that's not often the case uh, in high school football. Not you know most teams, your you know uh, high school. Teams are looking for a game manager, uh, not a game winner. Um, but I think Schwanke's going to have to be one of those uh, game-winning type of uh, quarterbacks. For sure. And, uh, you know, he had kind of an up-and-down performance in that first one. Um, you know, I mentioned that uh, first, first touchdown pass was, you know, he, he decided to test the one-on-one coverage deep down the field and turned out to be a good decision. Uh, his receiver made a play for him. And uh, he actually had another one uh, to link it as well later in the game that um, – Unfortunately for the Trojans, got called back on a, I believe it was a holding penalty, um, but uh, completed I think just six of twenty passes through a couple of uh, interceptions. Um, so just you know, he's got to clean some things up. Like I said, the rest of the offense does as well. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he's going to have to have a good year. Now I wasn't necessarily posing that question because I think at this point Central's going to win nine games again this year. Uh, Especially looking at their schedule, it, it's basically identical to last year. You've got all your big north opponents. You've got Brother Rice again, although it's home this time. Mm-hmm. You've got Portage Central again, which that was the midnight marathon game last year that went in past 1 a.m. Uh, that's on the road this year. Um, was that delayed because of weather, too? Yes, m- yeah. multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Multiple times. <clears throat> Jay, I remember James, you and I went over there just to catch the end of that game. That was actually that Yeah, was we, got done with, we got done, we put, done the paper to, and, uh, put the paper to bed, and then just walked over and watched football through. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something. But so, you know, I don't know necessarily what those teams are bringing back, um, but they're generally really good teams. And, um, you know, only four of Central's games are at home this year versus five last year. Uh, I mean, other than the Patriot game, which is technically a road game, they'll play it. There will be obviously against West, uh, but uh, you know, I think you know after two seasons like they had, fans are going to have certain kinds of expectations, and uh, you know, I I just was curious uh, to see what you guys thought and maybe see how uh, mm-hmm. you know maybe temper expectations a little bit at this point. That's not to say Central's not going to be a playoff team. I think they are. I think they're probably going to win the Big North Conference if things go according to plan for them. Uh, But to expect them to 
only lose one game or go undefeated for a third straight year, that's a that's a tough ask. So we'll see we'll see what happens. They've got Marquette coming up. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, you know some intrigue there for sure. Okay. Any thoughts on Central? I, I think it. You know, I think it, you're just talking regular season. Nine yeah. wins regular yes. season. Well, no, nine nine overall. Nine total. So you could, total. You could add playoff games to so that total. A playoff game. I think that there's a pretty decent chance that they that they probably win. I think eight, and get enough playoff points that they host a playoff game and can win another playoff game and get to nine. But the, but I think they got a tough enough schedule in there that they're that you're probably going to drop one of those games. I mean, you can't count on beating Brother Rice and Portage Central and West, you know, and beating all three of those teams and then not slipping up somewhere else against anybody else either. So, I mean, I I think eight would be, I think eight's pretty, you know, within reach and nine with the playoffs, you know, if you get enough points and and host a game. All right. uh, uh, One of the other big games, you just mentioned the Marquette because Central's got Marquette. Uh, Traverse City, St. Francis. Had Marquette this past week. Uh, all three of us pretty much expected the Gladiators to roll. That turned out not to be the case. Uh, the you know St. Francis pulled off a 21 to 7 win against the Redmen. Uh, James, uh, thoughts uh, after covering that game, seeing what uh, St. Francis is? Did they miss uh, Gabe Calorie more than you thought they would. They they did miss Gabe Calorie. I think um, they needed to get that number or that that the the lightning guy. I think to go with Joey Muzlakovich's thunder in the backfield. Um, they rotated three or four guys in throughout the game, tried some guys. They all had some, some good plays, some bad plays, um, showed some potential and stuff, but um, you know they, they just didn't come away from that game knowing which guy is their home run hitter opposite Muzlakovich, I think. Um, Marquette, however, um, is a much better team than they were last year, I think, as well. Um, that running back that they had, there's uh, Gale, I think Andrew Gale mm-hmm. is his name, really good running back. Um, I think I, I think I put in the story la- that last year, uh, St. Francis didn't allow a hundred-yard rusher at all last season, and he got a hundred and thirty-something this week, last week. Right, even in their playoff um, loss to uh, St. Francis, who did they pull off? Loss failure. Yeah, and they had that that stud running back who was player of the year, I yeah, believe, he was and running all over everybody, and, and he, they didn't yeah. allow hundred yards to him, which was yeah. Uh, so their their impressive. defense did look pretty stout. It's just he looked like a really nice running back. Yeah. And they started in the second half, they started running Wildcat with him all the time and, and just running and running and running, pounding the ball. So uh, his yards per carry wasn't off the charts or anything or anything to be worried about. Um, it was just usage, I think, that got him to 130 yards or whatever. But their, their defense looked pretty good. I, I thought their defense looked, looked pretty good, especially because Marquette overall looked better. Um, you know, Stone Central this week coming up was going to see a better Marquette team than they did last year. Um, I still think Central will probably win, obviously, but uh, but it probably won't be as much of a blowout as it was last year with them either. Um, it's forty-five twenty last year, so yeah, the Central score was actually closer than the St. Francis score last year, but I don't know what you can take from that. I mean, one's on the road, one's away. All right, uh, the other uh, Trevor City game that we had was uh, West uh, made their way down to Midland, well, where they jumped out to a forty-two to seven lead. Behind uh, just some insane numbers from uh, running back uh, Jacob Pulaski, who uh, had I think nine rushes for 156 or I think it was 196 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Uh, the kid was just on fire. Uh, so my question here is, you know, uh, West was looking <coughs> for that other weapon. Uh, Andrew Campbell also pr- uh, proved to be a, a you know 
uh, very useful as well. He had a nice 50-yard run. Uh, he had a, uh, I think, a 38-yard uh, touchdown uh, catch and run. Took a nice little outlet pass and just kind of weaved through. Uh, that kid can make people miss. Um, but uh, my over-under reaction question uh, to you boys right here is, uh, Jacob Pulowski, uh, at the end of the season, he will be West's MVP over Ryan Hayes. I, I think that's probably uh, not an overreaction. I think um, having a running game is going to really take uh, some of the pressure off of DeKuyper, who's uh, you know not a really experienced quarterback, and allow him to develop. Whereas if your best player on, on the team was a tight end and you're just looking to throw to him, and he's probably going to be double-covered all the time. That's a that's a lot to ask of a of a young quarterback. Whereas just taking the pressure off of him with the running game, letting him hand off the ball and then pick and choose when they when they throw, that really helps the, the team as a whole. I think. Yeah, yeah. And you know, watching that game, Ryan Hayes was much more of a beast on defense, and I don't think he was really all that concerned about his offensive numbers. He was, I mean, you could just see it. You could see the fire in that boy's eyes. I mean, at any time that he saw someone with the ball, he was hauling it ass to get over there and go take them down. So yeah, I don't think he's so too much worried about uh, what he's going to do on offense. Uh, I think he just wants to uh, throw some people to the ground and manhandle some people because, uh, well, the kid's, I don't know, 7, 9, and 400 pounds. <laughs> he, just, he, he dwarfed everybody else out there. And <clears throat> Midland had some big kids, but no one as big as uh, Ryan Hayes. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with not an overreaction on that either. I mean, if you're going to have a pass-catching type player that, you know, is potentially going to be your lead offensive weapon, he's got to be at least getting, you know, five to ten touches a game. And I don't know how many times West threw in that game, but uh, five. So, you know, unless they all went to Hayes, three for five. That's still uh, that still might not be enough to get him the numbers he'd need for that type of uh, attention. But um, on the other hand, you know, West ran the ball so well that uh, you know that's one piece of game film that's going to cause a bunch of other worries for coaches so maybe you're not gonna you know quite as heavily game plan for defending Ryan Hayes which you know in future games uh, that might work out might get a little bit more one-on-one coverage Uh, you know he'll be a little bit of an afterthought and you know guy that talented if he's an afterthought that's gonna that's gonna cause a defense fit so you know I don't I don't think maybe numbers-wise he he'll be uh, Wes MVP, but he can I, th- I think he can certainly do some damage. Well, what's interesting mm-hmm. is that uh, Eric Labonte got bottled up. I mean, he's he was one of their best running backs last year, and he's still one of their best running backs. Uh, Chase Childers is is a hell of an athlete, uh, so they have they have some weapons there, and uh, I think head coach Tim Moore has to be pretty happy. After what he saw, even against you know a Midland team that that struggled uh, defensively and missing tackles and, and couldn't bring guys down, but uh, more you, you got to give credit to to West for you know sticking to their game pa- game plan and knocking one out of the park. I mean the final was forty two to twenty, but it was never even that close. So uh, mm-hmm. next game we got uh, <coughs> Sutton's Bay versus Bear Lake. Uh, Brett, you were out there covering that one. I was. That was, uh, you know, that was a cool experience to be out there uh, because just so much history was made on the field that night. Uh, Suttons Bay obviously had their their varsity season canceled last year, so this was their their first go around coming back and first uh, time as an eight man program. And then you had Bear Lake on the other side, uh, which has never had a football program before. They they used to. Uh, 
you fly under the Onekama banner as part of that 11-man program. And uh, this year, the two schools decided to split up and, and each go with their own eight-man squad. And uh, and then on top of it, um, while well, Bear Lake, uh, you know, they're a little bit of inexperience. They had 12 kids on that varsity have not played football before. So their experience showed a little bit in the, in the Norseman's 61-20 to win. But, uh, you know, another really cool thing for Bear Lake they uh, Suns Bay won the coin toss but deferred. So Bear Lake receives first play from scrimmage in school history. Uh, Andre Brown takes a handoff, 67 yards for a touchdown. And you know, I mean, a moment like that, that kid will never forget. He'll be able to say he scored the first touchdown in school history for the rest of his life. And you know, the rest of his teammates will be able to say they played in the first first game in the history of Bear Lake. So you know, that's a uh, you know, right there, kind of what high school sports and high school football are all about. And, yeah, I thought that it was, was just really cool to be there. I thought it was uh, really cool the way that uh, you know, reading your article, the way that they embraced the history of it. Like they were really like they got beat, they got beat handily, um, but they were embracing everything that this program was about. They were like, we're the beginning of this, we're the start. You know, this is and and doing all those things, setting those records. I mean, seriously, that's like that's you know that that's out of a you know a, a movie right there. Taking that first play for sixty-seven yards. Uh, you know, that's, it's uh, uh, again, really, really cool moments. But so as I mentioned, Sutton's Bay kind of ended up running away with it at the end. And uh, so my overreaction or not overreaction that I pose to you guys is that Sutton's Bay will make the postseason in their first eight-man season, uh, you know, after last year uh, going 0-7 uh, and, and actually only playing two games. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, I think well, the big thing in that is how the new playoff system works um, with splitting up into two two brackets. Are, are you going to have teams that get in with four and five records? You know, it, it's a possibility. I mean, last year with just one bracket, there was five and four teams that got in, I believe, right, to the eight-man playoffs? Five and four, yeah, it was yeah. possible. So splitting it up with two and only adding ten teams, I think there's, the po- there's a distinct possibility you're going to have four and five teams getting in the eight-man playoffs. So, I, I mean, is it unrealistic for Sutton's Bay to win four games? I don't think so. I'm right there with you. I mean, we, we had talked about uh, uh, Sutton's Bay as, as possibly, you know, being a team that, that wins its uh, its conference. So making the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, certainly is not <clears throat> a question uh, for a team. And putting on a display like that uh, shows that this is a team full of players that want it, that saw what happened last year uh, and said never again. So we want to establish Sutton's Bay as, uh, you know, establish the football program here at Sutton's Bay, and this might be the team that, that does it, makes the playoffs, and, and could make a run. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could win more than four games, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, if, if four is your benchmark to get in the playoffs, I think, yeah, that's quite definitely quite possible. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, speaking of other teams uh, trying to make a comeback, we had uh, Benzie Central versus Mount Morris. Uh, James, uh, your thoughts on that game? Um, well, I think that, that was twenty-one to twenty, mm-hmm. I think, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was a one-point game. Benzie yep. um, uh, lost. Yeah, Benzie yeah. lost that game by one point. Uh, in their first game back as well after they forfeited a bunch of games last year. Um, and and the coach told me that it was just kind of the game where uh, two big plays cost them. Uh, Mount Morris had a long punt return for a touchdown and had a strip sack that was recovered and the fumble was returned for a touchdown. Um, and you take those two plays away, and he said that they that they dominated the game and they controlled the clock and did everything they needed to do to win. Um, Mount Morris is not a bad team. Um, they're, they're a team that's usually been a little under 500 
but but not a team that's like an 0-9 team that you can just come in and steamroll or anything. So I mean, I think it's it's I think it was a good first step for Benzie coming back, um, playing a competitive game. It's going to have those kids, you know, wanting to do more next week, and 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 get that first W of the season out of the way. All right, and the hot button uh, topic of this uh, of this podcast right here is uh, the final game we're looking at, or two games actually, uh, Glen Lake versus Kingsley and Frankfurt versus Manton. Reason that we're looking at those is that you had two incredible performances, uh, one by Glen Lake's uh, Kate Peterson, who uh, what was that threw for four touchdowns, ran for another two, mm-hmm. uh, and then you had uh, Griffin Kelly from Frankfurt, who uh, reading this here real quick, six touchdowns of one yard, two yards, one yard, seventeen yards, sixty yards, and thirty yards, and a fun stat that uh, we have here is that. At halftime, he had 13 rushes for 33 yards, and then he decided that he, you know, remembered that he's a good player, and uh, busted out for 190 yards on nine rushes alone in the third quarter. Uh, so he had two pretty epic performances there. Two guys with six touchdowns uh, each. So my over/under reaction for you guys here uh, is that Peterson and Kelly each account for 30 plus touchdowns on the season. So right now, they're on pace in the regular season. For fifty-four. For fifty-four. <laughs> Wait, is that right? Yeah. That 54. is right. That's absurd, yeah. but that's right. Yeah, um, so, although Glen Lake, I they can just only see us eight. all doing math in our head. Glen right there. Lake only has eight games on the schedule right now, correct? Or yes. They have, so that knocks him down to uh, Frankfurt to, also to forty-eight. I believe only has eight games on their schedule. All right, so forty-eight. Right now they're on pace for a blistering. <clears throat> 48 touchdowns on the season. What are we thinking, boys? Am I overreaction, underreaction? Should I have gone 50? Should I have said 50? <laughs> I'll just say uh, not an overreaction. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, yeah. You know, by any stretch. P- Peterson, he can he can get him two ways, throwing and running. So you know that actually should help his total a little bit, uh, even if he doesn't continue to score as many on the ground. Uh, although that, I don't anticipate him not to. <laughs> And then, you know, Griffin Kelly, he, he had over 20 last year uh, as a junior, and I feel like he's probably going to be even more uh, of a feature back at more carries than last year. Um, now, the, the interesting thing is uh, how the non-conference schedule for uh, these teams play out because with their uh, leaders' division, shrinking down to just four teams they only play three league games so that's a bunch of non-conference teams so you know who are those non-conference teams on the schedule obviously frankfurt coming up this week is muskegon catholic central so i can pretty much guarantee you griffin kelly's going to be playing all four quarters in that one uh but um you know if there are some blowouts i mean that's what's going to hurt these guys if they get ahead by so much uh that that they you know Go sit the bench to let the younger guys play, but I'm gonna say that that it's doable for both for sure. So all right, all right, uh, you're also going under reaction, James. Right. Yeah, I think thirty is is easily doable. I don't think that Kelly See, will probably get six touchdowns. See, but that's crazy that you say easily doable. <laughs> well, thirty <laughs> touchdowns is in. I mean, uh, it's, it's not insane, kids play though, man. You're like, I have thirty touchdowns. That's not a not a problem. Don't worry about I've, it. I've seen these two kids play though, man. I mean. Uh, 
if Giffen Kelly scores six touchdowns this week against Mesquite and Catholic, I'm like, he's like player of the year right there, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he probably doesn't. That's have to not play an overreaction. <laughs> he probably doesn't have to play another down, and he's still the record eagle player of the year if he does that. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's uh, yeah. We talked about it uh, last week on the uh, Forgotten podcast. Uh, we talked about those two, and you know. We both, all three of us, pretty much agreed that uh, you know it's going to come down to those two for Player of the Year, and I mean, those are two all staters, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, hands down already, they're all staters. They're all staters before they even stepped on. They just got to stay healthy and perform the way that they can perform, uh, and it's it, it'll be mm-hmm. something to uh, to uh, behold. I know um, you're going to get to see uh, Peterson play uh, this week, and you're going to get to see. Uh, uh, Griffin Kelly play when he covered Frankfurt, uh, Brett. So, um, you know, question now we're going to run right into it is the who do we induct into the Get Around Hall of Fame? Who's our first inductee? Is it Kate Peterson or is it Griffin Kelly? What did Kelly's total numbers end up being last week? 233. 233? Okay. Yeah. Well, Peterson's were uh, 223. 346. All right, so uh, Griffin Kelly, 22 carries, 223 yards with six touchdowns in a 70-40 to 40 win over Manton. So, you know, I guess they were scoring points or something. I'm not sure how that yeah. works, but I think 70-40, to 40, that's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, what, are we, what are we thinking? I – the thing is, is, you know, I, I feel that – Fine. One gets inducted this week. Uh, the other gets inducted some other week. <laughs> probably both, the way it's going to happen. these guys are, are probably are the way it's going to happen. The week at some point. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with Peterson this week. Okay. My vote was for Peterson as well. I can go with that. A three, unanimous three, vote. Three forty-six to. If you wanted those those official numbers, uh, Peterson ran for one seventy-six and four scores and threw for one seventy and two. Wow. A nine of fourteen right. passing. So 346 yards from scrimmage. Well, congratulations, Glenn Lakes, Cade Peterson, and a future Grand Valley State University Laker as well, um, on becoming the inaugural Get Around Podcast Hall of Fame inductee player of the week. And with that... We go into Glen Lake St. Francis, right? How perfect is that? It's like someone oh. wrote a script. <laughs> and had it planned out, unlike last week. So uh, well, after, our, after the show becomes the hit that we think it will be, okay. then uh, <laughs> then uh, then the, the forgotten podcast may show up like as a bootleg on eBay or something, right? Yeah, I would. I'll, I'll end some up some value there. What I'll end up doing is like uh, I'll, I'll edit together some uh, best of clips or worst of clips out of that, uh, and uh, maybe we can we'll, we'll play some from time to time. There's gonna be five minutes of us laughing. It'll be five minutes of me going, oh, wait, I forgot. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, now I know how to podcast. I was like Griffin Kelly last week in the first half. Like, I forgot how to podcast. Coming out this week strong, you know, nine rushes, 190 yards in this third, you know, third quarter. So I feel feel like I'm doing better. Guys, Mm -hmm. head on the back? No? All right, it's fine. All right, so our big game of the week, we do have Glen Lake versus uh, Traverse City St. Francis. It's supposed to be at Glen Lake, but... uh, James, you got any update on that one? Uh, what, thing did, what, I, what did Andrews say to you? Uh, I asked Andrews if the turf was going to be ready in time for the game, and he said, I hope so. 
that of so, course is uh, so we'll Glenn Lake head coach. Uh, very very angers. Very confidence inspiring words. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope that's how he does his halftime speeches. I hope you guys play better. <laughs> All right, go out there and get him. <laughs> Somehow I think he's a little more intense. A little that. more uh, Jerry, Jerry Angers right there, right? Oh yeah, yeah he's got the gravelly, uh, rough, the rough gravelly voice. Little Jerry Angers. And after a football game, it's worse because yes. he's, he's been yelling during the game and everything. Yes. But uh, we'll have to get Jerry on as a guest sometime so he can grade your impression. And I'll talk to him like this the whole time. <laughs> hey, Jerry, what do you think? All right. <laughs> All right. Well, enough so, of my horrible impression. Yeah. But, so, uh, uh, big game of the week. Yeah. What do we got here? Uh, Who's uh, going to win? <laughs> cut, well, first cut off, the crap. Cut the Who's going to win? <laughs> first off, to go back to the turf, um, Josh Sellers had told me that if uh, if they aren't able to play on Glen Lakes Field, that it looks like the game will be played at Sutton's Bay at a neutral site. Because um, obviously Glen Lake doesn't want to give away home field advantage to, to TC St. Francis for right. the game. Um so you got that. Um, I, this game, I I think, is one of those ones. Uh, Glen Lake has has not been able to take St. Francis for a couple of, the last couple of times, and last year St. Francis got him, um, but not by much. I think it was eight points. Twenty to fourteen, maybe, so, or twenty. I think it was, think it was 21 to thirteen, something yeah, like that. Yeah, sounds yeah. right. Um, so you're talking a touchdown and a two point conversion. I mean, that's not that much of a difference. Um, I don't think that Glen Lake has. Has regressed any from last year? St. Francis. They've only gotten better. <laughs> I know, apparently. which is know. incredible when you lose a guy like you Duke Angers. And you went to the state finals, um, but uh, you know, and St. Francis is going to be a matter of finding that other running back to go with with Muzlakovich. It's going to oh. kind of come back to that. Um, St. Francis the got the defense, though. Do no, they have the defense. St. Francis has, I think, a defense that's a, that's pretty that's pretty good, pretty on par with last year. Um, it's still young and will keep getting better throughout the season. Then they don't have that guy like Calorie in the back, um, not yet at least. Um, but that defense was pretty good at at uh, controlling a bigger Marquette team. Is there anybody on St. Francis that has Calorie's swagger? They can kind of just bring that out onto the field and that kind of infectious swagger that just takes over everybody else on the team. Does St. Francis have that this year, or are they are they missing that right now? I think they may be missing that right now. I mean, Muzlakovich is more of a leader by example, and that amazing run that he had last week is. We'll have to go. We'll have to talk about that a little bit. Oh, hit me with it. But, uh, I mean, they were up fourteen to nothing. I think it was the third quarter. Uh, St. Francis is backed up on their own end, and it might have been right before halftime. Even I can't remember. But uh, they were backed up on their own end, and Passanel hits him with a little swing pass out to the out to the right flat. Muzlakovich grabs it, turns around, just runs over, just through a kid from Marquette. Just just looked at him and said, "I am not going to go around you. I'm not going to dance. I'm just going to go right through you." Turned him from a red man into a redette, as we made that joke last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, headed up the sideline. Another kid almost got him in about midfield, um, and he was able to dance away from that guy and tiptoe the sideline for about 10 yards and not lose his balance enough to fall out of bounds, and then kept going down. And By the time he was in the t- inside the 10-yard line, he got a nice couple of blocks from his players, and there was one more Marquette defender between him and the end zone. And once again, he said, I'm not going to go around you. I'm going to go in the end zone through you and just 
just knocked this kid over. Blew the kid up. In, in, and tumbled into the end zone. I mean, it was just one of the more incredible individual runs I've seen in quite a while. So uh, what else can we expect uh, to see in this game? Is it going to be a, uh, a matter of really uh, Glen Lake's offense versus St. Francis's defense? Is that going to be the matchup? I think probably, yeah. Um, you're going to – St. Francis didn't – last week against Marquette didn't face a quarterback like Kate Peterson. I mean, in the third quarter, Marquette pretty much pulled their quarterback out of the game and just went wildcat. Um, so they didn't face a quarterback that that gave that kind of game and and could run and pass like Peterson did. I mean, that's something that they just haven't faced. I don't know if they faced that all year last year, aside from when they played Glen Lake last year. Um, interesting note is that two years ago when St. Francis was in the playoffs, they played Lake City when Cade Peterson played for Lake City and, and beat them. So Peterson's going to have a little bit extra motivation from that, probably. But uh, All right, James. Muzlakovich didn't dance, but you're dancing. Who's winning this game? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, St. Francis got the... Got it last year, um, and they're a little closer to earth than they were last year. And and Glen Lake is the is pretty much about the same team as they were last year. Uh, so I th- I think it's a, a true toss up game, and it should be I'm hoping just an awesome awesome game. I don't have a coin to flip, but uh, I don't need a coin. I yeah. think Glen Lake's gonna win going away. I agree with you. I I agree, and this no is no disrespect, this, Gladiators. Not, yeah, this is not this is not taking anything away. From uh, from Traverse City St. Francis at all, what it's doing is saying Glen Lake is becoming a powerhouse football team, and they proved that you know last season, and they proved it in week one, mm-hmm. and my guess is they're going to prove it again in week two. But with that being said, if there's anybody you know anybody from St. Francis world that listens to this podcast and happens to you know have their players listen to it, yeah, they might have a little extra chip on their shoulder right now, a little bulletin board material. Uh, to show up the guys from the Get Around Podcast. So, uh, other big games that we have coming up this week, of course, we have the Coast Guard Cup with Traverse City West and Grand Haven. I got West winning that game after what I saw last week. I, I think they'll, I think they'll handle Grand Haven. Uh, I wouldn't say easily, um, um, but I, I think they'll they'll take care of business. Obviously, you've got uh, Central and Marquette. Uh, thoughts on that game? Uh, you know, another game. Granted, we talked about it being on the road, so that adds a little bit of a different element. But uh, you know, I don't see any reason why Central shouldn't win that game. Um, you know, um, they should be a little cleaner offensively this week. Um, defense, you know, if you got a good defense, defense generally generally travels well. So uh, I, I don't expect anything other than a W for the Trojans coming back. And uh, I think, you know, based on what James was able to see with St. Francis against Marquette last week, and now a common opponent, even though Central and St. Francis won't ever play one another, it should allow us to get a little bit <clears throat> deeper glimpse into maybe what some of the strengths and weaknesses are for, for these two teams and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be able to project a little better, uh, you know, a week from now as to, you know, where these teams are headed. Another matchup that we have uh, coming up this week, Friday we have uh, Frankfurt and Griffin Kelly, of course, uh, going up against the Muskegon Catholic Central. Uh, Brett, what do we uh, know about that game? Well, we know that... Uh, Griffin Kelly's good at football. We, we, oh, yes, right. yeah, that's a given. But we know that this 
is a game maybe more so than any other on the regular season schedule that these Panthers want this game. They The last two years, Frankfurt's been eliminated in the regional championship game by Muskegon Catholic Central once uh, at home, once on the road. And, uh, you know, Muskegon Catholic is a, a perennial power, and Frankfurt wants to be on that level. They, they feel they can be on that level, uh, but to do that, they have to beat a team that's already there. And, uh, you know, I think, I mean, you never know. You might have a potential third postseason matchup again, so you get a little bit of an early look at these guys on the regular uh, during the regular season when it's not all on the line. Uh, but that's not to say that this game isn't going to be uh, really important to these guys because I know that it is. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you're going against the team that's ended your season like that. So, for sure. Matt Stapleton was having to keep his team focused on their Week 1 opponent, which was Manton, instead of talking about Muskegon Catholic Central. Um, by, at the end of every uh, drill, having them say Rangers, which is Manton's mascot, obviously, and everything, because a win's a win. So you got to beat Manton to make the, uh, the Muskegon Catholic Central game worth more. Um, you think Stapleton was happy about giving up 40 points to Manton? Uh, probably not, but last year actually Manton, Manton scored a lot a good of game. points last year too. Yeah, that game last year was kind of a forty-four kind of thirty-four. A yeah, yeah. So that wasn't exactly a shock. Rangers aren't a bad team. I mean, they know how to score points. Yeah. All right. So yeah, the, a lot of good games coming up this week: uh, Thursday and Friday night football. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, the Record Eagle guys, we're going to be out there uh, covering it as best as we can. If there's any MHSA officials out there, this is our official petition for it to be Thursday and Friday night football every week, all season long, every year. Thank you. All right, I'll make sure that uh, uh, Director Jack Roberts gets a copy of this podcast. So, All right, uh, moving on, fellas, uh, to the TCRE wrap. We're going to be looking at some of the uh, bigger storylines uh, outside of the local sports arena. Um that's the the biggest news right now in the state of Michigan, the sports world anyway, is Matthew Stafford signing a five-year extension worth $135 million, making him now the highest-paid player in the history of the NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, two months after Derek Carr was made the highest-paid player in the history of the NFL. Mm -hmm. So both of those guys clear first ballot Hall of Famers who have just, they have <laughs> right. so many Super Bowl rings and playoff wins, it's ridiculous. So I mm -hmm. think everyone here can already agree, Matthew Stafford totally worth the money, right? Well, you pretty much had to do that. I mean, if you're the Lions, you had to pay him. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're going to start Jake Rudock? No. Um, I mean, the, I mean, NFL fans have to come to the realization that the highest paid player in the NFL is going to be whatever good quarterback was the last one to sign. Right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. It's what it's the not, market dictates. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you ask most people in the NFL before this Matthew Stafford contract who the highest paid player was, most people would not have come up with Derek Carr. You know, I mean, Derek Carr is obviously a good young quarterback with, a, I think, a pretty good future in, in front of him. But, uh, I mean, the Lions had put themselves in the position that a lot of teams, I think, would want to be in to have a franchise quarterback and to have him locked up for a long time. Yeah. Megatron's gone. They had to give it to somebody. Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Sue. They got to they gotta, they gotta spend the money somewhere. Uh, that's the whole thing is that like people are like, oh, how could you give him that much money? Who cares? Good for him. 
Yeah. I am glad that he got paid. I'm glad that he's making that much money. I wish I was making that much money, or at least one hundredth of, of what he's what he's bringing in. You look at it this way: you can pay Matthew Stafford twenty-seven million dollars a year, or you can let his contract expire, and you can go out and sign the equivalent of Mike Glennon for fifteen million dollars. That boy's you, got a big neck. <laughs> would you rather give $27 million to Matthew Stafford or $15 million to Mike Glennon? It's not even a question. And I said mm-hmm. neck. I said he had a big neck, just so you guys know. All right? Clarifying there. Yep. Just clarifying. <laughs> so that yeah. N-E-C-K. <clears throat> that's what I said. There's some memes neck. out there. If you're missing the neck joke, just Google it. You'll find He's it. like a human giraffe. <laughs> it is ridiculous. He <laughs> is one... Ugly person. <laughs> <laughs> and also kind of ugly as a quarterback. Yeah, you got uh, another first ball. Um, first hey, but he, he took the Bears on a 96-yard touchdown drive in the preseason. So We all care, care about the Bears and preseason Mark it down. football. Hmm? Mark it down. I think Jake Rudock may have done that, too. I don't want to give him the keys to my team. <laughs> All right, so speaking of your starting uh, fantasy uh, team uh, quarterback, Mike Glennon, I'm sure both of you drafted him with your first pick. Of course. All right, so so boys, your fantasy uh, drafts, you had that uh, the Record Eagle uh, League on Sunday. Was it the Record Eagle League? That was actually the Northwest Michigan Sports Media Persons Fantasy Football League. Wow, what is the acronym for that? I don't know. I haven't written it out because it seems Michigan almost as long as just sports. saying it out loud. All right. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, you two go ahead talk fantasy football. How, how do you feel that uh, you did in your drafts? Uh, the the Record Eagle League, I felt, was pretty good. I don't know. I, I had the number one pick, so I took David Johnson. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? I don't even know who David Johnson is. Congratulations. <laughs> Wait, is he an actual <laughs> NFL player? Running back for the yeah. Arizona yes, Cardinals. Yes, Wow, how about that? I literally have not heard that name until right now. So. Be proud. I, I am proud. You're, you're looking at a guy who pays no attention to sports. And, and, then, <laughs> and then in the fan, in the uh, sports persons league, it was uh, sports media persons league. It was uh, uh, Mike sports Mike media. Evans, Tampa Bay wide receiver at number eight. So you know, went to school with a kid named Mike Evans. Not the same Mike Evans. <laughs> Probably though. not. Not the same one. Nope. So I'm, so I'm looking at my record eagle league and the sports writers league and and I have Dak Prescott at quarterback. Uh, Le'Veon Bell at running back and Des Bryant as my top wide receiver in both of them. Ha- you know, if they if that doesn't pan out, you're going to be unhappy. <laughs> yes. You got to diversify so that you can always be happy with one league. Yeah, diversify my bonds. <laughs> fantasy, yeah, fantasy bonds. Your portfolio is going to tank. It's just I, those two leagues. I just it's, noticed it's those two leagues very, have it's, an, it's looking like a very bearish market for I'm you, James. In, I'm in I'm in six different leagues, so I just noticed the similarities between those two teams. See, that's the whole thing is that like I loved the draft part of fantasy sports. Like I'll do fantasy bowling if I can. You just draft, wish like, it was the draft, player. and then everybody locks in their lineup for the whole year and isn't allowed to touch it until all the points are added up. No, I don't care about winning or losing. <laughs> that's the, you know, you're missing the point here. I just like to draft. Like I just like to build a team. That's a lot of fun. You know and they, they do about, fantasy mock drafts on ESPN. You can go do I, them anytime you want. With, I do. Yeah. Oh, just not do. with football. I don't. I don't oh, okay. do football. Okay. I don't pay attention to the NFL, so it's, it wouldn't be any fun for me. <laughs> but like fantasy baseball drafts, a lot of fun. Fantasy basketball drafts would probably be you know 
fun. Fantasy hockey drafts, obviously, that would be uh, a lot of fun. Fantasy NASCAR, that's a thing. I don't watch. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I, don't, I don't watch NASCAR, but I, you know, I like Jimmy Johnson. Fantasy so, golf. So a little fantasy golf, sure. But that's the whole thing. We talked about this last week in the office about how much fun it is when you're playing video games is to be in GM mode. You know, make the trades, build your roster, and then just kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, what is it? You just play through. You don't even play games. You simulate. Just, you just simulate the whole season. You know, I loved, like, MVP Baseball 2005 from EA Sports. Best baseball video game ever. I used to go, like, 152-10 and 10 when by the time I was done building my roster because it was just so much fun. The White Sox should hire you. Oh, well, I'm, they're doing a pretty good job. You know, Rick Hans, you know, he, he's doing a pretty good job uh, right now. So If you do um, say so yourself. Uh, yeah, I do say so myself. <laughs> myself says so on this podcast, Mark It Down, right here. So, but yeah, but that's, uh, you know, I enjoy that part of the uh, fantasy. I just don't like the responsibility afterwards. You know? <laughs> so, I, I, I play it safe, boys. Two guys who didn't play it safe. And, uh, you know, there's... Hey, let's see if I can make a segue here. There's a lot of money in fantasy sports. You know what else there's a lot of money in? Apparently boxing. Ladies and gentlemen, Floyd Money Mayweather and uh, Connor the Notorious. The Notorious? Yes. The Notorious McGregor. Uh, We watched the fight this weekend over at uh, James's Place. And uh, what did you guys think? I thought they stopped the fight way too early. Like, just as it was getting good, I was... uh, I was a little disappointed. We were in it to see somebody hit the mat. Yeah, nobody yeah. hit the mat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard some people on ESPN saying that the, that Dana White wasn't going to let anybody hit the mat. That that's that's he didn't want McGregor if he if he was okay if McGregor lost, but he didn't want him to get knocked out and knocked on knocked on the mat. But uh, I don't know how much pull he's going to have in the referee saying that. It, it, I mean, by that point, though, it did look pretty uh, pretty well like McGregor was gassed. Oh, yeah, he was tired. And, and having a hard time defending himself anymore and stuff. So uh, stopping it at that point, I mean, I don't think there was a chance that McGregor was going to come back and win. So no, I, mean, I, I guess it's not a bad call. Even though, even though it looked like McGregor may have won the fir- you know, two, maybe three uh, of the first rounds, I mean, Floyd was in control the whole time. The the only the only chance that Connor had was when he landed that uppercut straight combo to Mayweather. He needed just to hit him harder and uh, and, that's and the, knock him down. They but, weren't hitting each other hard enough, <laughs> right? I mean, I watched I watched the video uh, last night of uh, a Sugar Ray Leonard fight, and those two guys were swinging like they hated each other. And I didn't see that in in the McGregor uh, Mayweather fight. They were like, "Yeah, all right, let's dance around the ring for a little bit. We're getting seventy five, hundred and fifty million dollars, so who really cares, you know?" But like, I'm watching the Sugar Ray Leonard fight last night, and just, I mean, they are beating the hell out of each other's heads. Like they are punching each as hard as they can in the face, and it was a lot of fun to watch, <laughs> you know. It was free too. You didn't have to it pay was. to watch it. I didn't have to pay five dollars to watch it. <laughs> so, ended up being ten actually. I think you owe me five dollars because I paid for you. You. Cheap. I do. I let. I'm, oh, I'm putting it on the table right now. All right. Uh, 
There's for you for the fantasy league, and there's for you. Oh, all right. All right. I owe you fifteen. <laughs> you don't owe me anything. No, I owed you more than five. All right. Uh, so let's wrap up this podcast because James needs to get out of here as fast as he can, and we're gonna wrap things up as we will do from here on out. With uh, we open with question of the week, and we're gonna end with the trifecta. Uh, each week it's going to be a different category, and we're uh, the three of us are going to go around the room and give our pick for uh, whatever the category is. This week's category is uh, best boxing fighting movie. What do we got? I'm all, get- all of us again. None of us have seen Raging Bulls, so I'll watch right. it this weekend. Right. You guys yeah. make it feel better. They, they have that at Redbox. Can you get Raging Bull on DVD at Redbox? They got it on uh, <laughs> HBO Go. Ooh, okay. So if you got HBO, you can watch it. All right, I do. So, all right. I do. Plug for HBO Go. <laughs> where's, where's, where's our corporate yeah, money? Where's our where's money? Where's our sponsorship money? Where's our money? The ringer has nothing on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that, Bill Simmons and Grantland. All right. So, James, uh, your pick for best boxing fighting movie... I know you're going with something stupid, so just say it. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with something stupid. Uh, I'm just. I'm. I figured that Rocky was too obvious, you know. So I, I figured I would just. Is that a jab? Unintended. Is that a jab? A jab. A jab. Set up. Maybe an uppercut. Cross. But uh, so as I just said, let's go with blood sport. Go with a little Van Damage. <laughs> a little Jean Claude Van Damage. Van Damage there, and uh, I don't know that that movie kind of. Uh, was kind of right, right in my wheelhouse, or my, or my, or my roundhouse. Uh, of of the so Jean Claude uh, Van Damme movies, I prefer Lionheart. So, I think, I think at some point in Lionheart, someone set on fire, and I'm, uh, it's always fun to watch someone get set on fire. So <laughs> you watched Game of Thrones a couple of weeks ago, but a lot of people set on fire. Oh, yes. So, spoilers. But, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Uh, so I'm going with the obvious choice uh, of Rocky. Um, Who's in that movie? Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It just it's like the without having seen Raging Bull, it is the quintessential <laughs> boxing movie. Uh, I mean the montages, Nelson Pigford's gonna fly music. Uh, I had the tiger. I had the tiger. I had the, yeah. yeah, I mean I'm. Yo, yeah, yo, Adrian. Um, it's just an incredible, incredible start to minus Rocky Five, a really strong <laughs> series of movies. You didn't like the one where he fought Tommy Gunn in the streets? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody. That did. that goes on the list of worst <laughs> boxing slash fighting movies ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to go? swing on a carcass in a slaughterhouse after you watch that. Right? I do. Right? That would be so much fun. You'll have a chance. You're going hunting here, so, you know, if you kill an elk, you string that thing up and just go to town, buddy. It, just, I, I will do that if, if it happens. You beat if that it happens. You beat it. You, you beat that elk. Um, but, you know, it, after you shot it, it, I think you death. mentioned I think you mentioned Mickey, Burgess Meredith. Uh, rest in peace? Yes, rest in peace. You think he's dead? <laughs> I, mean, I hope so. <laughs> Just, just his voice. I won't try to impersonate anyone on this podcast like Brendan did earlier, but uh, his voice, his dry humor, you know, the role that he plays for Rocky, just a really great uh, extra character. 
Alright, so no one's gonna do a Rocky impression, no one's gonna do a Mickey impression. Alright, so I don't have a good I don't have a good sliced alone impression, so but uh if uh I've got for my pick it's it's a recent boxing movie, and no it's not Creed. Uh I've got a wicked man crush on Jake Gyllenhaal and looking at him, his physique in uh and I mean, in in Southpaw was ridiculous. The guy was shredded from like the, the hairs on his head to the, you know, soles of his feet. Uh, but it was such a good movie, and it made me cry a lot. Like I cried a lot at Southpaw, and I like to watch it because I know that like if I need a good cry, I can I can put in Southpaw and and, and have a good cry. Um, I I know again, it is a very stereotypical boxing movie. You know, guy on top of the world has it has it all and loses it all and comes back and you know it's it's the redemption story but it's a you know it's a successful trope for a reason is because it is successful and people like the story so did you guys have a couple of honorable mention picks i mean like what were if we all had that well, top Rocky, one i mean what were, what was great. what were a couple that were next on your Rocky list Rocky is great uh, i creed was good i didn't think I it really was as good creed. as everybody thought it was but yeah it was it was i i, I did enjoy that I'm a fan um, of Million Dollar Baby. If you haven't seen it, I haven't it. seen that. I thought that's another one, one was really that good. It'll with probably Russell make Crow. you cry. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I know what happens at the end. Spoiler alert: she doesn't make it. We're how many years after the release of that movie? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. that's probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, a Cinderella Man, I thought was good uh, with uh, Russell Crowe. I, I liked that one. Um, uh, the fighter with uh, Mark Wahlberg mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Christian. That, I, I did like that. Uh, Christian Bale, Christian Bale was also good. I also, I, I mean, we're saying a lot of boxing movies, but I got to throw Karate Kid on there, the original. If we're going obviously. fighting, yes, of yeah. Course. I mean, this was supposed to be boxing slash fighting, but leaning uh, more towards boxing, of course. You know, but uh, we, we needed a Jane. We needed that, a two, that was two, definitely two. an HM. I had to throw a curveball. In there. Yes. Sorry. So, all right. Well. We want to hear from you guys again. I'll say it again. What were what's your favorite boxing movies? Do you think that I'm wrong and you know am I a bit of a wimp because I cry so much at movies like We Bought a Zoo? Oh my God! And we've seen We Bought a Zoo. Woo! The ending of that will <laughs> knock you on your ass. Um, but uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. Uh, please tweet us uh, at TCR uh, t- at TCRE Sports uh, or uh, Brett. What is your Twitter handle? At BA Sports Writer. James. At James Cook 14. And you can find me at Brendan Queeley. That's really original, Brendan. Way to go. Just use your name. Um, so uh, tweet us, Facebook us, uh, let us know your thoughts. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this first episode of the podcast. Uh, we will be uh, coming back here next week and uh, hope that you join us as well. This has been the Get Around Podcast. I am Brendan Queeley alongside James Cook and Brett Summers. Have a good week.